Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you are well, always, 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 and I'm thrilled to be with you. And yesterday, um, I told you I was thinking about what we could read of our heroic um, bishops and priests and lay people who lived through times of persecution. And many of us may not feel we're in that time, but we certainly are. Um, All you need to do is go to LifeSite News and read the headlines for the past year, and you'll see. And it's encroaching, and it's it's coming to us. Uh, We may feel very little of it so far, but um, the president of the Philippines will put in jail anyone who won't take the COVID vaccine. And I mentioned yesterday, children are... Police are coming right to the homes of homeschoolers and taking them from their homes. Um, pastors are being jailed. Uh, priests are being uh, put out of their parishes simply for speaking truth um, in this country. And it's um, uh, the COVID um, so-called pandemic um, is being used to control the world and to... Um, reduce the population and the people on top of it and control of it are um, it's just an evil 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 plot and here we are and we see in scripture that a time will come where unless we take the mark of the beast i'm not saying covid is the mark of the beast it's sure acting like it um that uh, we won't be able to buy or sell and i think canada is already introducing a um, an uh, an iPhone, um, what do you say? Uh, some kind of an app that you need to qualify to buy or sell or travel or anything based on whether or not you've had COVID. So, whatever it is right now, wherever we are in the end times, the end times I mentioned began on the cross with our Lord. He is the dividing line, his crucifixion, death, crucifixion, and resurrection, the dividing line of all history. And so um, this is, we are in the end times, and I think we are quite at the beginning of the end of the end times, um, which we are living through. Um, It's amazing, but I think we need to really understand that and not give in to the world not give in out of fear. That's how the government and others are able to control thousands and millions of people through fear. Uh, We all put the mask on overnight. We didn't have to. Um, It's been proven not just ineffective, but dangerous to our health and all of that. And yet um, we've acted like an insane civilization all over the world and even in the United States. Um... So much going on. You can see the headlines just as I do. And I thought, well, what examples of uh, Christians, Catholics before us, uh, who lived in persecution can we turn to? And I thought, well, the early church started in persecution. 
they began in persecution. Uh, all the letters of Paul, um, not all of them, but most of them of Peter, were written to the churches, Peter wrote, to the churches in the diaspora all dispersed through Asia Minor because they were persecuted, Jews persecuted by Jews because the Jews were the only Christians at the time with some Gentiles coming in, but it was, it was a, Christianity was known as a Jewish faith, and it is a Jewish faith, beloved, but spread to the four corners of the earth. That is the church. And so the church is Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah, um, the only savior of the whole world, and again, spread uh, by our Lord's own mandate to the four corners of the earth. That's what Christianity is. To be a Christian is to be follower of Christ, the Jewish Messiah. Christ is the English word through the Greek for Mashiach, which is Hebrew, and in English, Messiah. Same words, same words. He's, his last name is not Christ. He's not Mr. Christ. <laughs> he is Jesus the Christ, which means um, uh, Jesus the anointed, that's what Christ means, the Redeemer, the Messiah, the anointed. And Jesus is the Old Testament word, Jesus. Um, Joshua, uh, was his name is Jesus. It's, it's Jesus, it means Savior. And so all we need to do is to go to the first century church. And... Um, uh, in fact, Father Harden, Father John Harden, who is up for canonization now, I, I think, I don't know if he's still a servant of God or I don't know that he's blessed yet. His, the cause for his canonization is uh, being headed by Cardinal Raymond Burke, <clears throat> to whom Father John Harden passed the baton for his... Um, um, oh, now why can't I think of the the name of that? I bet there's a hundred people out there telling me what the name is. Um, Father Hardin began, if you look on the uh, website, Eucharistic Presence, and I, I just at the moment can't think of the name of his army of teachers um, who would learn the faith and then teach others. Um, and he put together, Father Hardin did, a lifetime reading plan and he, he um, uh, begins, well, not begins, but um, it was the first three centuries that are uh, named the age of persecution, the first three centuries. The Jews were killed and martyred for their faith. Every pope, every apostle was martyred for their faith, except the apostle John, who was exiled to Patmos. Um, the, uh, most popes were martyred for their faith. Um, and that is that is the, the faith that we follow to follow our Lord to the cross, that we pick up our cross daily, 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 and follow him. It's not easy, but he gives us the strength, and it's the only way to be in the world and not of it. We have a choice to be of the world, but we will not wind up in heaven. Um, and right from the beginning... Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, right from the beginning, from the garden, Satan uh, has been trying to destroy the work and the people of God. And he has never stopped through all of history. And now that time is coming to its end, when time shall be no more, because God exists outside of time. And he created time for us. 
He knows the end from the beginning. And the illustration I've thought of is a helicopter pilot who, if you're on the ground, you're watching a parade go by. You're at one point, you see the parade coming, and all the instruments and the floats and all that, and you see it go by quite slowly, and you could be there for two hours. But God is the helicopter pilot, so to speak, and he can see the whole thing from the top, beginning and end, the entire parade uh, that takes us two hours to watch. It's in an instant. Um, He is outside of time, and he's given time for us, only for a time. (laughs) And so um, we we began in the age of persecution because no one would give their life to this man. Uh, The Jews said, crucify him. Um, and no man can be God, and they were right, but they didn't understand that God could become a man. And they were looking for a political savior, not a spiritual redeemer. He came the first time to put away sin in the hearts of men. He'll come again to set up his kingdom and as judge to all those who have not yet put his trust in him, or their trust in him. If we die, beloved, I've said this yesterday, I could say it every day. If we die outside the state of grace, we are on our way to hell. There is no second chance. Purgatory is for those who are saved, who are forgiven, but yet need to expiate the the product, the fruit of temporal sin. Um, not the sin, ultimately, that separated us from God, which is what Christ paid for on the cross. And we can't add to that. But we do have temporal sin, and we must um, do penance for that. We must do penance for that. Um, And we will be, uh, St. Ephraim uh, thought that Adam and Eve would be in purgatory until the end of time. But, of course, Christ went down after the resurrection and descended into hell and to Sheol and took Adam and Eve by the hand and brought up many who were waiting for him. And Bishop, uh, rather, Father John Harden writes, the Catholic Church has been persecuted in every period of her history and always will be, whether, beloved, it's a person by person, uh, group by group, Uh, civilization by civilization, it always will be. Satan will always have his minions. He will always have his demons, the third of the angels that fell with him and that are sealed in their disobedience. He will always have them. And um, uh, so there'll never be a time where there's no persecution. But at the moment, persecution seems to be coming upon us, something like a blanket. And we may not be aware of it, but... um, It's not going to take too much longer that by the time we're aware of it, it may be too late for us. We need to awake now, Um, not be woke, but be awake, be awake to what God is allowing to happen, all for the destruction of evil and to the detriment of those who don't believe. We still have time to turn around to God but I don't think we have very much more time. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. We'll be back after the second break. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at com. We'll take your calls and emails after the second break. Don't go away. 
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails. And stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I was listening to the break and to the announcement um, by John Henry Weston of LifeSite News. At the end, he puts, as Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it's true. I love that he repeats that because it is true. It is true. And um, as Father John Harden has pointed out, the first three centuries of Christian era are commonly known as the age of persecution because they show how promptly and aggressively the church's enemies came to fulfill Christ's prediction to his followers. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And dear ones, I'm going to dare to say to you, if you've not been persecuted for your faith, it may be, just it may be that you're too quiet or that you're you blend in with the world. It may be, I'm not saying it is, but if you really stand out from the world, if you're so so much of a fanatic as to not go to a restaurant on Sunday, so you don't, you don't demand that people serve you on God's day that he set aside for us to worship him and to rest. If I, and you say, but we're, 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 acknowledging that day we're going out to eat as a family we're not working you are but you're putting other people to work why do you think the restaurant won't stay open if we don't go yeah i do 
I think it won't stay open if everybody stops going. Or at least Catholics, they won't make enough money to send to to uh, stay open. I wish everybody would just adjust their lives and realize that we are God's people. And if we don't live our faith, the world is going to, um, uh, what do we say? It, it's, the people are going to, I can't say the world's going to, going to go to hell, but it's on its way. It's on its way. And we have the greatest news in the world. We cannot, we cannot keep it to ourselves. And again, if you're a little shy, if you don't know how to approach people, I can help you do that. But um, the main the main thing is live as if it's true. Live as if it's true. Um, you come to church on Sunday, don't come in shorts, men. Don't do that. Don't come in shorts and sit next to us with your bare legs. Don't do that. Women, dress modestly. Don't come in skirts above your calf. They need to be below your knee when you're seated. Nothing tight, nothing low cut, nothing sleeveless. Uh, Use the example of the Blessed Mother. And that's the modesty with which we should dress. And men, you're not free from dressing modestly. I see men in some in shorts and in uh, or shorts to the knees. They're still shorts or um, shirts so tight. Uh, you know, they, they shouldn't even be in a gym with those shirts. It's, it's amazing. Dressed modestly. Dress to honor God. Well, why do you dress like that? Come on, get with it. You look lovely, but you want to honor God. So do that. Watch your speech. Um, uh, live the faith. Live the faith. Um, the centuries, these centuries in which we live, Father Harden says, also give us directives, as we may call them, on how to cope with rejection by the world that rejected Christ. We learn from our forebears. We learn from those which uh, the writer of the Hebrews calls the cloud of witnesses who went before us, persecuted all of that for their faith, but they won the race and they are there as a cloud of witness saying, come on, we did it, you can do it, we're cheering you on, you can do it. We have the communion of saints and they have made it, so to speak. They have come to heaven and they're saying you can do it too. You, you can do it too. Don't give up. Never, ever give up. Don't get discouraged. Discouragement is the devil's tool just like that. He can bring you down just like that. He may not lead you, uh, dear faithful Catholic, into grave, grave sin, but something, a little dart of discouragement, and you're down, and you lose your strength. Don't let that happen. If it happens, I should even say when it happens, just say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not even interested. Get out of here. Get out of here. Just get out. I'm not interested. I do that a lot. You get out of here. When I recognize it, I said, get out of here. I'm not interested. You're wasting your time. And I don't stay praying. I don't stay talking to him. I just go on to other things that are of God. And I'm just, he, he, he's just a lost cause with me. I'm not saying that I haven't felt his persecution because I certainly have. But that's up to God. And you know, when I experience trials or discouragement or um, persecution, you see, if I experience persecution, 
I, I don't rejoice over it, but I'm happy for it. Because it means, if they persecuted Christ, they'll persecute us. It means that I am living my faith. If I'm persecuted by bishops, um, that's the only thing that really can stab me through the heart and have an impact on me, because they are successes of the apostles. And if they don't live their faith, if they have lost their faith, we're in a time of apostasy, beloved, we are. So many have lost the faith, especially bishops and priests and faithful. We've lost the faith. Abortion is enough an example of apostasy, what's going on. Um, So we live in a time of apostasy, not as it yet will be, perhaps, but we're living in a time of apostasy. Um, And I I understand that, and I live all day uh, with a heart of gratitude that I get to believe, that I get to love, that I get to live the gospel in the midst of all this and bring others to Christ, bring Christ to others, however we look at it. Because if you're, if you're a witness in the world, you will bring Christ. You will. Uh, people are going to say, what makes you smile? How come you're always in an up disposition? How come nothing bothers you? Well, it's not true that nothing bothers me or others who live their faith. But we trust God. We believe in him. We trust him. And so persecution by others, people in the street, certainly my own family to this day, from my Jewish background, I'm still not allowed in some homes of my relatives to this day. What do you do? You, you say, Lord, why me? Why me? Why did you pour your love on me? Why did you break through my heart to believe? Why not them? I don't know why not them, but I don't know why me. It's the greatest mystery of all. I, nobody's worthy. Am I more worthy than them? How foolish would I be to even have such a thought? I wasn't seeking God. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. What's the answer to that? Why some believe and others don't? I don't know. What's the answer why some who believe live their faith and others who claim to believe don't? I have no answer. I am, I I will never get used to the fact that I believe that I love, that I want to live for God with every cell of my being. I'll never get over it. I know what it is to live without hope and without God. I know what it is to want to do away with life. I know all that. I know all that. Why did he take me out of that pit? I don't know. I may never know that answer, even in heaven. And so I know that whatever touches me, it could be the devil himself, It could be his demons. It could be my own sinful flesh. It could be from God, as God sent an agent of Satan to buffet Paul, St. Paul. When it happens, I don't figure out where it comes from because I'm not that smart. I don't know where it comes from. I'm not that spiritual. There are times that it may be obvious, but not always. Not always. And... Um, you know, so many bishops have said no to me prior to our coming to Kansas here. Uh, every no, every uh, letter that we received denying us with reasons that were obviously not the real reason. Uh, 
everyone was a little stab. But it took 10 seconds for me to get over it. It took, takes 10 seconds for me to say, Lord, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you don't want it. And if you don't want it, I don't want it. Did it come from the devil? Did it come from this or that or that person or me? Well, I don't bother with it. It's a waste of time. Because if it touched me, if it came through to me, even if it's from the devil himself, if it came through to me, it's from God. Nothing, I wish I could make you believe this, nothing touches you except what God allows. If we choose evil, if we turn from him, he's given us free will. Is that of God that we turn from him? Oh, no, 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 no. No, he didn't die on the cross for our sins, for us to turn from him. Absolutely not. But he allows us to turn from him. He allows us to be tempted as he allowed Christ to be tempted. And Christ, who was God, yet um, learned uh, from the trials he went through as 100% human. 100% human, 100% God. And it was in the wilderness that our Lord suffered everything. And he, the, the writer of the Hebrews said that he, um, he was tempted in all points as we yet without sin. What does that mean? It means that our Lord was tempted more than any of us will ever, ever, ever be tempted because we escape the temptation when we go with it. When, we, when temptation is conceived and it becomes sin, James says, we have sinned, not temptation's not sin, but if we dwell on it and we conceive it, then it's sin and comes sin. Our Lord never did. He was tempted and he never escaped the temptation by doing it, by sinning. So if I am tempted to do something and I do it, no matter what it is, a little thing, a big thing, whatever it is, I'm not, I'm not tempted anymore. I've freed myself from the suffering of temptation and not giving myself what tempts me. I freed myself from it because I've just taken it. I was a jail chaplain, and many of you know, for 10 years in a women's jail, and two women's jails in my Protestant years. And I would have 400 women sitting before me every Sunday morning, and I would talk to them, and we'd give a little church service to them in my Protestant years. And I said to them, and they looked at me, and they said, oh, you... Um, I won't. I don't. I won't tell you what they called us. Um, all of that. I'll, I, I don't have to say the words. Um, they they loved me as their chaplain, but um, there I was, looking normal, um, dressing normally, free outside, and they said, "You have no clue what it is to be us." I said, "You're wrong. You're wrong. I have suffered more than many of you." Because you shut it out by drugs. You become numb by drugs and whatever else you take and do. I have never done that. I have suffered it through. You shut it out. There's a, there's a difference there. Um, God wants us um, to not sin, to not give in, to follow him, to suffer in this world, that we may be free and free to joy eternity with God in the next. We'll be right back after the break, beloved, and we'll take your calls, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. To Mother Miriam Live, welcome back. I'm so happy to be with you and happy that you're with me and with on the Station of the Cross and, uh, and watching us on Live Site News as well and on the Facebook pages of both and on Mother Miriam Live Facebook. It's just so wonderful that we have all these means of communication. Um, so this is our half hour together. And um, I invite you uh, to call in toll-free or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, I'm getting many uh, emails asking if we are uh, receiving women for discernment retreats. The answer is absolutely yes. Two days ago, three women that were with us went back home. It's a two week retreat, and. Um, uh, uh, another three are coming, and we're just going to. We're in temporary quarters, so we only have three extra rooms right now, and so we can take three at a time. Um, we have one set of bunk beds, so if someone doesn't mind sleeping in a bunk beds, we could take four. But um, um, and we have two week retreats. Not everybody could stay for two weeks, but we are uh, going to be in our new house, God willing. It should be ready at the end of August. Just a little over two months from now, and we'll go back to Tulsa and get all our furniture 
and bring it into the new house. And um, so we are receiving women, again, of all ages, um, uh, during the summer as much as we can uh, to get a group to move into the new house uh, after a month or so after we're in there in the fall and so if you're if you're interested if you and you don't have to be ready to move in this fall it could be a year from now it's it, but those who can will have a first group to move in uh this fall um mid-fall and um if i mentioned before we have uh nine openings uh ages um, 18 to 28, and four openings ages 29 to 40. Well, we have a few less openings now, but um, we still have uh, quite a few openings. So um, just call us. And again, we do take women of all ages. I mentioned we had two 81-year-olds on retreat with us uh, separately. Um and uh, we do, but we have so, not but, 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 we have so many inquiries from women over 40, so many. And it's a very beautiful thing. Mother Teresa said, it's never too late to love God. And um, if someone is, has never been married or is a widow or whose marriage has been annulled, um, then they are eligible for religious life. And so uh, we have many, many women who've inquired that way, and I love it. If I had a monastery to take 100 women, I would. But at the moment, we need to balance that out with younger women as well. So somewhere between 18 and 40. Um, uh, Now, if you're above that age, I'm not going to discourage you from inquiring. Uh, Go to our website, um, motherofisraelshope.org, and click on contact, and you'll see the email and the mailing address. Uh, the best thing is to email us right now at vocation inquiry, vocation at hope.org. Send your name and physical address and uh, a phone number if you can. And anything that you want to put in your email, some people say, uh, I have a gluten intolerance, and many orders won't take me for that. Well, I just, I've announced it before, I'm celiac, so we pretty much cook gluten-free here. That's never going to be an issue. So um, we look forward to hearing from you. Um, And um, uh, again, um, our next retreat is July 8th, which is filled, but we we have retreats after that with openings. So don't be shy. And um, we look at our email every day, vocationinquiry at motherofisraelshope.org. Okay. Let me see where we are now. Um, we have an email from Brenda. And Brenda says, uh, this is my second time writing to you on your show. Welcome, welcome, Brenda. And I wanted to praise God once again for your ministry and your voice. You are an inspiration to me. I support your opinions and thoughts and wanted to ask for guidance regarding vaccination. Okay, you know, I'm pretty strong on the vaccination situation. Brenda says, I have up to now declined getting this vaccination despite pressure from my employer. I work in the healthcare system, and one of my employers asks that we write a letter outlining the reasons for uh, declination, the reasons why we decline 
to get the vaccination. And Brenda says, I'd like to write based on religious reasons. That may or may not be the attack to take, actually. Um, and I'm just interrupting to say um, the, the fight for abortion is not being won on religious reasons, even though religious people should stay away from murdering children. It should be part of their faith. But we, we have, we're winning that war in, in measure because we show scientifically how it is, how a baby is a human being from the moment of conception. And that science proves that. So they don't have to think we're just religious fanatics. This is a fact of science. And so I think for guidance for the um, vaccination, um, I I don't know that we need to take on religious reasons. Even if we just say we believe that abortion is murder um, and that um, the vaccines use aborted fetal cells in the production or in testing, that's not a religious reason to believe murder is it's a religious thou shalt not murder is a religious reason it's not it's the law you murder you get put in jail whether you believe in god or not so um brenda continues mother i need to work to support the family but also would like to be firm in my stance with jesus we are now a minority in this battle. I suppose just because we are smaller in number does not mean we are on the losing side. In fact, it usually means you're on the winning side. I would like to ask if you know of any template out there for a letter that I could use to argue my pro-life stance regarding this matter. I don't think I will be able to strongly formulate my thoughts. No, Brenda, I don't know of a template, but I do know that you can go on many websites. Um, uh, She ends the letter saying, I sincerely hope you and your sisters are settling well in your new home. Thanks, Brenda. God bless you, Brenda. Um, There's no template that I know of, and and you probably don't even want that. Go to um, just... Go to LifeSite News. Either type in, oh, there's so many. At the front, um, um, America's Frontier Doctors uh, has a fantastic website on many, many reasons not to take COVID, and none of them are religious. Um, and they explain that it's a pathogen, it's not even a vaccine. We are guinea pigs, more people. An article from today's LifeSite. Um, I have to find it, of course. I don't know where it is. I read it actually last night. Um, that says, let me just see if I could bring something up here. Um, let me just see if I don't want to just take all this time here. Sorry about that, but I don't know where it is. But many, many, um, uh, Okay, the largest healthcare union in the United States comes out against mandatory COVID vaccination. Um, uh, oh dear. Okay, uh, FDA will add heart inflammation warning to COVID nineteen vaccines because the cases of heart inflammation are burgeoning, are are growing. Um, um, I'm just going down LifeSite for, for yesterday. I saw one that was um, 
quite amazing, and I probably... Um, what is the true number of COVID vaccine-related deaths? Um, is the CDC altering the figures? Uh, little known facts about co- here. Uh, little known facts about COVID nineteen death rates. Um, it, it's the more people. I think they said ten times as p- many people have died from the COVID nineteen vaccine than have died from. Uh, the flu and pneumonia each year, ten thousand times the number. It's it's just an amazing thing. So Brenda, um, just go on uh, the website and show them that um, uh, that they have no right to make you a guinea pig, especially. And they tried the COVID vaccine on ferrets, and every one of them died. It, it's just insane. You don't have to. Uh, you could say abortion is murder, and that's against the natural law. It's not even, it doesn't have to be part of the religious law. It's it's murder. You murder someone, you get put in jail, or you get uh, the death sentence. So the fact that it's also a religious matter, part of the Ten Commandments, but the Ten Commandments are not the fruit of a religion. They're the fruit of of the moral law which God has put on our heart. That's all the Ten Commandments are outside of the Sabbath day, which is the day of rest, whether it's Saturday or Sunday. That's a a different story. But the commandments are the moral law of God written on the heart of man. That's it. And then God wrote them on stone and gave them to Moses. That's it. So it's not a religious matter. It's that God wanted the people he created. He's a holy and good God, and he put his law in the hearts of everyone he, everyone he created, um, every single human being. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. He has put the knowledge of himself in our hearts. And so we're all accountable for following the law, whether we follow it or not. We're accountable whether we claim to be Catholic or Christian or Jewish or not. We are accountable. Thou shalt not murder. We have a text from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Good evening, dear Mother Miriam. Um, I'm so blessed to have been connected to your radio station, and that's the Station of the Cross, um, and have listened on a semi-regular basis and have benefited greatly. I've also written to you before about my husband, but today I'm asking if you can help me guide my son. He is wandering about and feels a strong pull to the evangelical side of Christianity. He does not feel the need to go to church and does not believe that Catholicism is the first religion. Well, it's not the first religion. It's not. Um, There have been many, many, many religions worshiping false gods, and then God broke into all of that and picked Abraham out of the idol worshipers and said... I'm going to set you apart, Abraham, and from your seed um, will come all the nations of the earth, uh, who be- all the people of the earth, the nations that believe in me. He's the true God. And so from Abraham, he formed the, the Hebrew people, and that was the first religion, the first people who followed the true God. Um, and that's uh, 2,000 years before Christ. And so... Um, 
that was the first religion and and the only religion that god didn't give more than one religion it was the only religion and it was the people he formed for himself through whom he would bring the savior of the world the messiah who would be born through the hebrew people that god formed for himself and you could trace that messiah from adam and eve all the way to christ who is the seed of abraham and the messiah And so Catholicism is not the first religion. It is the only religion that God gave, again, fulfilled. Judaism fulfilled. It is the only religion. And Anonymous writes, can you please share with me some Bible verses that support Catholicism? Thank you. We'll be right back after the break, dear ones, and we'll continue with this question. God bless you. several ways to view our programming grid, including at our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Despite what some in public office say, abortion is not health care. In fact, this destructive and violent act does not even deserve the name medical procedure. After all, a medical procedure is supposed to help the body to do what it is trying to do, but is having trouble doing. Abortion is just the opposite. It stops the body from doing what it is supposed to do. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have a little over 10 minutes, and you're still, our lines are wide open if you wish to call in with anything at all on your heart. The toll-free number, one 511 5483 or email at mother at 
thestationofthecross.com. We just read before the the break a text that came in from someone who is writing it anonymously. I'll reread it. She says, I'm so blessed to have been connected. Oh, I don't know if it's a she or he, actually. Um, I'm so blessed to have been connected to your radio station, have listened on a semi-regular basis, and have benefited greatly. I'm very happy about that. I've also written to you before about my husband, but today I'm asking if you could help me guide my son. He is wandering about and feels strongly pulled to the evangelical side of Christianity. He does not feel the need to go to church and does not believe that Catholicism is the first religion. I already spoke to that. Um, it is the first religion, but it's root Judaism. Um, and so the Hebrew people, uh, God gave them, uh, I mean, the false religions all over the place before Judaism and Christianity. But God took Abraham, whose parents were idol worshipers, out of all that to form a people for himself through whom would come the Messiah, the Savior of the world. In Christianity, uh, simply those who follow that Messiah, Christian, one who follows Christ, followers of the Messiah, Jew and Gentile. And so um, um, that's what Christianity is. Um, it's, It's Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah, spread to the four corners of the earth. And um, uh, the mother writes, he does not, my son does not feel the need to go to church, does not believe that Catholicism is the first religion. Can you please share with me some Bible verses to support Catholicism? Thank you. You know, when after 18 years of evangelical Protestantism, myself, I came from my Jewish background um, into Christianity, uh, it, which turned out to be evangelical Protestantism, the only form of Christianity I was ever introduced to. I didn't reject Catholicism or anything else. I didn't know about it. Um, and um, oh, so, oh, so when I started looking into, I almost lost my train of thought there, 18 years later, when I started looking into the Catholic Church, uh, my pastor, uh, and I'm going to tell you his name, is John MacArthur, Grace Community Church, uh, for 18 years, actually 14 years, and then um, John MacArthur commissioned me one night to go on staff with your Belinda Friends Church to head their women's ministries. Um, and as I was looking into the Catholic Church, um, about a year, and, and, and John MacArthur was um, understandably very, very upset. He initially led me to Christ. And um, I will tell all of you that I will be grateful for such a man of God the rest of my life, through all eternity. And as Scott Hahn said, why uh, midgets seem far, can see farther than giants is because they stand on their shoulders. Um, why God opened my heart to the truth of the Catholic Church and the church he established on earth and not a man like John MacArthur who swims circles around me in every way. I have no answer to that. I have no answer to that. But as I was searching, um, John wrote me and he said, if there were no Catholic Church and you read the New Testament, would you come up with Roman Catholicism? Very good question. And I wrote him back, and I said, absolutely not. 
I would not come up with Roman Catholicism, but no longer would I come up with evangelical Protestantism. And the reason I wouldn't come up with Roman Catholicism is that the Bible is not a apologetic for Roman Catholicism. It is written by the church. Again, um, the church did not come from the Bible. The Bible came from the church, from all the apostles, from the prophets. They wrote the scriptures, um, superintended by God, inerrant, all of that, infallible. But they wrote the scriptures, and it was they were already the church. The, the, the church was founded uh, by the pierced side of Christ, and who poured his spirit out on the um, on the Jewish people at Pentecost um, and uh, filled them with his spirit and told them now, the Jews, to go into the uttermost parts of the world and be the light of Christ to the whole world. Um, and they did that. Otherwise, we wouldn't believe today. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't believe. And so they came against great, great, great persecution. And so, yes, um, you couldn't prove... Um, Catholicism necessarily from only the New Testament, but it existed before. If you wrote letters from your family, you're in a family, and you wrote letters, and you um, uh, wanted to surprise your 95-year-old grandmother, and so you gathered all the letters she ever wrote uh, to your to your, her children, your mom and dad, and to all the grandchildren and all her children, and gathered all those letters, and you put them, and pictures and memorabilia, and you put them in a, a, a big scrapbook, huge, and you made it beautiful. And on her, on her 95th birthday, you gave it to your grandmother, and you said, Grandma, out of love for you, we did this. It took us six months, and everything, everything you've written is here, all our traditions, all of that, it's in this book. It's everything anybody would need to know about the family. And she would say, oh, I can't thank you enough for this great act of love you've given me. But she'd say, it's not everything about my family or our family. My goodness, no. It doesn't talk about the time that Grandpa sat before the fireplace and told us many stories. It doesn't tell about my recipes. It doesn't tell about many, many things. The letters come from the family. The family doesn't come from the letters. And if someone read the whole book, they would not come up with our family because there are many things omitted. And many things could be true of many other families. Absolutely not. The book came from the family. The family doesn't come from the, uh, from the book. So that's the issue here. It's not verses that prove Catholicism. Everything in the New Testament is Catholic. Everything in the New Testament comes from the first Catholics, um, Jews who came to believe in the Messiah. Um, and Jesus said, uh, Gospel of Matthew, uh, on this rock, I will build my, ch my church. The gates of hell won't prevail against it. Not churches, my church. And in using the word church, it was the Greek word ekklesia, which was the translation of the Hebrew word kahol, which was the assembly of people in the Old Testament. And because the New Testament common language of the people at the time was Greek, it was translated into Greek as ekklesia. Kahol, Q-A-H-A-L, means called out ones. Ekklesia means the called out ones, the church. 
the, the people of God. That's what it means. Jesus said, I will build my church. And it, it grafted into Israel. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I will teach you uh, all things, uh, lead you into all truth till the end of time. God has done it. God has done it. Your son, who is interested in evangelical Protestantism, is interested in a a truncated uh, Christianity, which broke off in the 16th century, led by Martin Luther and others, that has split thousand times, 500 years, against one Catholic church that has stood for 2,000 years with the likes of us in it. There's no way that's man-made. So have your son read The Spirit, Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. Let him read Fundamentalism and Catholicism by Carl Keating and Surprised by Truth by Patrick Madrid. That's the end of our program, beloved. And we'll be with you on Monday. No, tomorrow. No, Monday. Have a good weekend. God bless you. <laughs> 